Warning, the following video contains disturbing material that may be inappropriate for younger viewers. Parental discretion is advised. Hey what's up you guys, before we get started with this video, I just want to let you guys know that my channel consists of creepy things from the internet and some gaming. So basically, I just want to let you know that for the creepy stuff, I'm going to be doing it more of a podcast style in the sense of it's going to have limited pictures, all that stuff, it's going to be basic narration. So you can just have this playing off in the background so you really don't have to focus on pictures. And as for the gaming, I'm going to do more gaming, but that's going to be on live streams or highlights of my live stream will be put on video. So thank you for your time, guys, and I hope you enjoy the video. It was in early November of 1997 that a series of very strange sessions led a child psychiatrist in Maine to contact the authorities. It began when a patient of his began to tell him about their friend, the friend being imaginary as far as both the psychiatrist and the boy's parents were concerned. He called his friend, Mr. Smile, and would talk about him a great length during his sessions. The boy called him Mr. Smile both because he would always be smiling and because when he was around, the boy said everything felt happy. He said that there was a feeling of everything was going to be okay. The boy in question was being treated for serious issues to do with anger and depression, but when Mr. Smile was around, he said that all the anger and the sadness seemed to just disappear. He said that Mr. Smile wouldn't speak, but rather just stand there at the foot of his bed. He smelled like cotton candy and just by being there, he made the boy feel calm and safe. The psychiatrist assumed this imaginary friend was some sort of coping mechanism the boy had developed to deal with his problems at home that led to his violent temper and thought not much of it, until another patient. A girl, about nine years old, also began talking about her imaginary friend, Mr. Smile, and then a boy of seven, and then a boy of twelve, and then a girl of eleven. All in all, the fifteen separate patients all began to talk about Mr. Smile. The first few he'd put down as coincidence. After all, many children have imaginary friends, and the name and description of Mr. Smile were generic enough that it didn't concern him too much at first. But as more and more of his patients told him about Mr. Smile, he began to grow concerned. He asked about more details. Every single one of them described him the same way, using the exact same words. There was no way that all of these children could be in contact with each other. Five of them, for instance, were currently being homeschooled, and according to their parents, when spoken to them, never really even left the house, except when it was to accompany them to shopping trips. There was no possible way every single kid could have rehearsed or prepared their statements together which led him to a deeply disturbing conclusion. He spoke privately to each of the children's parents, one at a time. He avoided disclosing too much information, but told him that something had cropped up in multiple sessions with various patients, and that he believed that there was a chance that their child was at risk. He asked for their permission to discuss matters with the authorities, and the parents gave the consent, providing they were kept in the loop as to what was going on. And so, over the course of the next week, the police came to talk to the children about their friend, they asked for details about his appearance, which they couldn't seem to describe apart from the smile and that he was not like them. How he got into their house, anything he said or did while he was there, 
because by this point, the psychiatrist, the parents, and the police were all convinced that Mr. Smile was quite real and quite dangerous. The authorities had checked to make sure that there was no known predators living in the area, which they have confirmed that that was not the case. But it was quite clear that whoever Mr. Smile was, he was a real person who had been sneaking into the homes of these children at night. None of the children claimed to know how he got in. They said they would just wake up and he would be at the foot of their bed. Sometimes they said that he would be singing something, but not in English. It sounded like a lullaby, they said. It made them feel safe. Finally, the children were asked to draw Mr. Smile, as they couldn't put words to how he looked. Each and every one of the children picked up a red crayon and proceeded to color the entire page until it was just a rectangle of red. When asked about this, they insisted that they had drawn Mr. Smile. When asked where his head, arms, and legs were, they insisted that they had drawn those as well. They claimed that they had drawn the perfect picture of the man who stands at the foot of their bed. When they were told that they simply just colored the page and not drawn anything at all, they became deeply angry. Feeling that they were being accused of lying and insisting that they had drawn the perfect picture of the man that they have seen, acting more on impulse than anything else, the psychiatrist decided to show one of the colored rectangles to various children and ask them what it was. Each and every one of them, with no knowledge of what the picture was supposed to be or who had drawn it, and with no knowledge that the other children had been spoken to about the subject even existed, replied that it was a picture of Mr. Smile. Hey everybody, hopefully you're enjoying the video and we'll get back to it in a second, but I want to let you guys know that I'm an affiliate with the Ruckup Shop. Anything that you want for cosmetics for your VR set, whether it being decals for the headset, pistol attachments for the controls, or an adjustable um, halo for the headset itself. You can go look at the Ruckup Shop and just browse around, let them know that Remy G sent you. And if you use coupon code RemyGTV, you'll get 10% off of your purchases. And also, I'm on an app called Horrorville. Not me technically, but it's an app that you can read scary stories like I like doing. And there's a little tab that says Remy GTV and if you click on it, it'll take you to my YouTube channel where you can see all my videos. So the Ruckup Shop and Horrorville. Links in the description down below. Thank you. Let's get back to the story. Cameras and baby monitors were placed in the children's rooms so that they could be monitored. Many of the parents simply stopped sleeping altogether, staying up all night staring at the screen that displayed where their children slept. At no point did anyone enter or exit the bedrooms. There was no sign of Mr. Smile. After almost two weeks of this, many of them began to doubt that Mr. Smile ever existed. Other psychiatrists since have put the whole thing down as a strange shared delusion that while it couldn't be explained, yet did not have any basis in reality. Some suggested that maybe the whole Mr. Smile thing had its basis in a TV show or film that the children had all watched leading them to dream up something similar. Then. One of the boys went missing. The camera in the room had gone dead at around 2 in the morning. His mother had ran to check on him, only to find his room empty. It had literally taken her less than a minute to run to his room. There was no possible way for him to leave or be taken and be out of her sight in the time it took her to leave her bedroom and run towards his. But he was gone. She said there was a smell like cotton candy in the room. The search for the boy turned up nothing. No one had seen anything strange or unusual around the home before or during the disappearance, and no trace of him was ever found. It was less than a week later that one of the girls who had spoken of Mr. Smile vanished as well. Then another. Then another of the boys. One by one, each of them began to disappear, until only four remained. The four remaining children began to talk about how Mr. Smile and his friends were going to take them away soon. When asked about these friends, 
they talked about how Mr. Smile lived with other smiling men in the happy place and that he would take them there soon. They said that there were lots of other people there already and that in the happy place, everything was beautiful. They said that they knew about it because Mr. Smile talked to them in their heads because he couldn't talk like other people did and that he would show them pictures in their heads of the place that they were going. Things began to get increasingly disturbing. After a few weeks, the children began complaining of headaches and nausea. Their schools reported that they began to suffer hallucinations, and two of them started complaining that they didn't like the place Mr. Smile was showing them anymore. One began screaming for half an hour, acting if he was having a fit, and screaming for the colors to stop, that the colors were horrible, and that they needed to go away. One of the children claimed that Mr. Smile was talking to them in their heads all the time now, and was telling them things, terrible things that they really couldn't talk about it because then their parents would know about all the terrible things. The psychiatrist asked them to write down what Mr. Smile was trying to say, promising that he would show it to no one, managing to gain the trust of one of the boys enough to agree. The contents of the book are known only to him and the authorities, but whenever anyone involved has been asked about it, they just get real quiet and quickly find an excuse to change the subject. The children stop sleeping altogether, Footage of the security camera showed them sitting bolt up with their eyes unblinking, just staring at the wall without moving or making a sound. Sedatives did nothing. One of the girls began cutting strange circular markings onto her skin, while the two other boys ceased communication in English altogether. The language they spoke was never identified, and despite numerous people being asked to listen to them, they could not translate what they were saying. By the start of 1989, all four of the children had vanished into thin air. There was no trace of who took them. Searches have turned up nothing to this day, and with no indication of where they are, or if they're even dead or alive. No suspects have been found either. All four of them appear to just simply vanish into thin air, much like the others, all of whom also remain missing, their disappearance unexplained.